hello, 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 and welcome again to part two. I know we on part two, I do know that, of what's important. What's important to you may not be important to me, but that should not divide us from embracing love of who we grow to be. I wanted to at least come back with this part two today. I'm I'm definitely after this one. I probably just lay the mic down. (laughs) But I had to bring out a few more pointers. And um, and, and, and after giving that testimony about the eggs and what was important, you know, I also came to realize I was in the supermarket about two weeks ago. And uh, there was, I was, I was, uh, they had these, um, uh, organic eggs on sale and I got a couple of dozens because of the price and a lady came up she was a Caucasian lady I guesstimate somewhere around her 60s give or take you know a few years and she said oh she said she said you buying those eggs she said um she said they must they must be good I said, well, actually, they're on sale. I said, and I like to purchase them if I can afford to because they have a longer expiration date, just like organic milk. And she said, oh, she said, they got expiration date? And so she had the regular eggs, you know, the yellow carton in her hand. And she said, well, I wonder... Well, maybe, like, she was about to change her mind and get the organic eggs instead. And I told her, I said, well, to my understanding, I said, for years, all all the eggs have an expiration date. So then she turned and she, I said, look on the side or either in the front, and you should see it. Usually they're on the side. So she she said, well, my land. (laughs) She said, I never knew that. Never, she said, No, she said, My entire life I've been buying eggs. She said, I never knew they had an expiration date. Now, that's back to what's important to you, may not be important to me. So, apparently, because she never knew uh, the expiration date wasn't important, but see, me, I look for the expiration date on pretty much everything I buy because it's important to me. If something is expired and it goes in my system, then if it's out of date, then I don't believe it carries a more health benefit for you. So that's important to me, the expiration date. Uh, For example, I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought some Madrid oranges and I got them home. I looked for the expiration date on the outside, but I didn't see it. But when I got home with the package, and I got ready to take one out and eat. I kid you not. It said they expire April the 10th, 2017. And I'm standing here like, 2017? <laughs> you know, thinking like, what? Because that was three years ago. We are now in 2020 and it's almost April. So, you know, and then because it still became important to me, now I could have just threw threw them in the trash. But I, I put them back in the refrigerator because that's where I came home and put them. And I said, the next time I go to the Dollar Tree, I'm going to take them and show them. Because maybe they don't know. Sometimes all I'm saying, people, is so many things where we can co- let cause division 
And it's not about anybody else that I need to take the Madrid oranges back to the Dollar Tree. It's not to impress anybody, but that is important to me to take it back to the store and maybe they can get with the people they get them from and they can make this correction that it may help other people, you know, from not getting sick who may not have paid attention to the expiration date and maybe they did eat them and haven't got sick. I don't know. But what's important to me may not be important to you. And this is the power of this message. We can come away from a lot of things of negativity, of ridiculing people, judging people, and even hating people without a cause. If we stop trying to internalize what should be embraced by one person that you don't choose to embrace. You don't have to choose to embrace what somebody else embraced just because they choose to do it. But that may be important to them. You know, I I just want you to take a few minutes before I, I, I move a little further and just think. I just want you to take a few minutes and just think about this. Think about high school. Oh, God, I asked you to help me today because, <laughs> you know, in high school, I want you to think about high school and I want you to think about what popularity mm, most people migrated to because what was important to them. Excuse me. Think about that for a minute. Think about yourself. What did you do in high school or junior high or elementary school that you chose to do because it was important to you and sometimes what was important to you was only to bring you popularity? It may not have been something you really stayed interested in. You may have just got in it because you wanted to feel important because you thought other people were getting recognition for something important. And so to obtain popularity, you jumped on the bandwagon, but that may not have been what was good for you. Let me just say, for example, you know, most people, when they, when they engage and migrate to extracurricular activities, they usually do it as a passion, which gives them a sense of importance. And that importance don't just become important to them, but it become important or they become important in those positions to people, i.e., for example, sports. Now, we all know that whoever was popular quarterback, linebacker, or playing football, making touchdowns, that person may have pursued football or basketball because as an extracurriculum because that was their passion. Oh, God, I asked you to help me. That's the three things I mentioned in part one. People, passion, and prophetically. And then when when that passion drew attention to people, oh God, I asked you to help me today. Sometimes people will boost you up and talk about you to give you more importance than what you even focusing on. I'm serious. So People, they they don't go to school, they become, they, they get involved in sports, they become cheerleaders, or they get in the band, or they sing in the choir, or the debate team, and, and, and other extracurricular activities. But oftentimes, they may do it because it's a passion, but sometimes people actually just choose to do it because it made the other person look important, so they want to be important too. 
So they follow that person. You know, I remember concerning the three T's from Apostle O uh, teaching, you know, tradition, training, and trauma, as I mentioned in part one as well. You know, as I reflect upon my grandmother a lot of times, I think I think a lot about my training. My training, how she trained me of importance and important, the the difference between the two. She instilled in me, in God's eyes, that I was important. But she also instilled in me, based on the word of God and my obedience to God, oh, I hope somebody get it, that was of importance. I hope somebody got that. Because she said that my obedience to God from learning the word of God, it showed God how much I love him by doing what he said. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Then another thing she instilled in me in my training, the importance to study my Sunday school lesson. I mean, seriously, if we wanted to go to the movie, a talent show, or whatever extracurricular activity in the community on a Friday and Saturday, my grandmother would ask us this question. Did y'all study y'all Sunday school lesson? That was important for her. And for it to be important for us. Another thing that was important in my training The Sunday school lesson was like a mandatory. But my grandmother raised me that my commitment, oh, I hope somebody get this, your commitment to whatever you join and connect yourself with should be of importance. Whatever you commit to join and connect with. So it had, it was important that when we, well, even if we didn't join voluntarily, but we had to be on the BTU, <laughs> we had to go to the Junior Red Circle, and that was at Miss Adams' house, and we had to go, well, when I joined Brownie Scouts, now that's something I wanted to do, I had to commit to go to Miss Kitchen's house, and when I joined Girl Scouts, I had to commit to walk that walk every meeting to Miss Venable's house. So those things became important. And although I participated in these things, even the band, I joined the band in the fifth grade. And I stayed in the band through elementary school, junior high, and high school. But it's also important even in our walk with God, people. If we choose to fellowship among believers, and I'm not always talking about in the congregation of church settings. I'm talking about among believers on Facebook, uh, in the community. You know, there are other areas where fellowshipping among believers, even on your telephone in the privacy of your home, people migrate to fellowship among believers. You know, I had mentioned in my podcast, part one, how my grandmother encouraged us to learn a new word. You know, that wasn't something that I really initially was interested in doing. But I chose to get interested because 
My grandmother in her training showed me the importance of that. And then some people may say, well, how is that important? Listen, I could fit in anywhere. I could fit in at a backyard barbecue, a hole in the wall. That's what I used to tell people. Or an inaugurable ball. It's just as important to be able to position ourselves as we maneuver based on our anointing. You know, you don't have to be puffed up because you can elaborate in your vocabulary. You really don't. The reason some people migrate to words is because that was part of their training. It had nothing to do with getting older and choosing to do this. It's no different than anything else that we train to do. So it becomes a part of who we are. Just like our DNA becomes a part of our identity. But I don't understand why people will feel that way toward a person. And I've heard many, many people criticize me and ostracize me. And they think that I'm putting on a front and an air. But like I said, you know, in part one, that's not it. Some words, I'm telling you, when I freestyle or when I expound or however you want to articulate it to come to be, I just be free-flowing speaking. And it's not to be impressive. Because like I said, little words have big meaning to me. So my mindset is not restricted to the number of syllables or how many vowels or how long a word is. It's just a natural part, just like it is if a person go by a big house. And I need to say this, people, and I hope somebody listening to me. It's no different than if two people or one person live in a big house. Did that seem important to me? Do they need all that room? Maybe they don't. But that's what's important to them. Does one person going to buy a big, big vehicle? Does that seem important to me? No, it don't. But that may be important to them. So why is it if a person, as people can say, quote unquote, use a big word, oh God help me today. They got to be trying to impress somebody. But if one little person go get a big car, I don't feel they trying to impress somebody. Or if one person live in a big mansion, why they got to be trying? Maybe that's what they like. Oh, God, I actually help me. All I'm trying to convey to people in this message, because like I said, I've been, I've been still just letting God minister to me all weekend. I have no need to bring down a person based on their past or their present. Especially through words. It's just that as I migrate more to understanding the power that lies in spoken words and out of our mouth that come from our thoughts. Words become real powerful to me more than a mansion, more than a big car, because life and death is in the power of spoken words. And if words spoke into existence, put people in that big car, gave them that job that pays them an excellent salary, gave them that car that 
receives attention, if that's important to you, that don't divide me from you. That's just what's important to you. So to sit and judge a man or a person, actions, because how they articulate themselves to condemn them or convict them, that's easy for all of us to do. It's easy. Let me tell you something, people. And I know we all know this. It's easy to say something ugly. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. We can all fix our mouths to say something real ugly about somebody. You know, there was a person one time. I went. And it was a situation with a young man I was dating. And when I showed up and I asked her, was her brother there? She immediately went into this song and dance about Just because you use big words, you don't impress me. All I asked was one question. Because I saw he got out of my car. He ran across the street to his sister's house. So I pulled up over there. Because I felt like, why are you evading the conversation we're needing to have? We needed to have this conversation. Because something had just occurred at the club where we were. And instead of him willing to address that... He wanted to run from it. So I asked one simple question. And I know I asked a real simple. When I knocked on the door, I said, excuse me, did your brother come in here? Because if so, can you ask him to come out and talk? That ain't, how simple did that sound? See, people, let me just share this with you. Even when you say things simple, people will still try to attack you without a cause. I didn't elaborate. And they went on, and I'm thinking in my mind, because this person had a job status quo, you know, in my opinion, she interacted with more Caucasians than of African descent, and these were well-educated people, so I shouldn't be saying anything that's trying to impress anybody. Just asking, did your brother come in here? But all that let me knew later was that was something, an issue that maybe perhaps... He said something to her because I rarely had conversations with her. For her to even get to to, to to tell me, oh, just because you think you can use big words, that don't impress me. I'm like, I didn't come here to impress you. I came here to ask you, was your brother here? You know, people, I, I'm just saying, people can judge a man or person actions because of the way they even articulate themselves. They can condemn them. They can convict them. And again, like I said, that's easy to do. But you know, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, I truly believe, according to my scripture in my Bible, that only reveals the justification and condemnation of that individual. Because the Bible said, by our words, we are justified. And by our words, we are condemned. So when a person says to me, you trying to use big words. Well, see, you just justified and condemn yourself. Because there are big words in the Bible. So what that means? The Bible trying to impress you? When you read pre-adventure, do you know what it means? Subverting? Do you know what it means? How many, how many names in the Bible? And my cousin encouraged me. Because I used to, ooh, I used to stay away from the book of of lamentations 
and Leviticus and different ones, especially when they get into all them uh, lineages and the names. But she would encourage me how important it was to learn the lineage and the names. But I strayed away from it because it was too big to pronounce. So what do people... I don't understand the process of sometimes. So that's what I say. What's important to you may not be important to me. But I just tell you, I cannot study my Bible without a dictionary because I run across some words in my Bible. And I and I stay, I stay faithful to the King James Version. But there are some words, and that's why I believe there are so many other interpretations. Because there is now where it used to be kind of like maybe three four different versions. Now they probably have about a hundred different versions because somebody else found complication in words. And so they created these NIV and, and new Bibles to redefine the words in a simpler form. But see me, I'm still attracted to the original version. So it, it pushes me. Oh God, I ask you to help me. It pushes me to get my dictionary, and then I learn something new. You know, I was watching a movie last night, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to kind of bring this podcast to a close, because I'm kind of not really just vocalizing scriptures on this run of podcasts, because what's, what's really just been weighing in my heart and my spirit is, why is it? Why is it that we like to bring down people? based on how they articulate themselves or based on what's important to them, which may not be important to you, and that's okay. Because, see, we minister to teach and enlighten. But if my words, regardless of how many syllables they have, the scripture says, or they can be simple words, they can be nothing over five letters, But the Bible says, if our words that we use, now this is what we're teaching people and preaching to people to enlighten people. It says our words are reproof, rebuke, and edify. That's what our words are for. The words reproof only means correction. The word rebuke means rejection. And the word edify is to build up and encourage. Now, that's according to the scripture. So, as long as I'm exercising my words in a way to do that, according to the scripture, why am I out of order? It amazes me. See, I cannot determine the actions of a person because I may not understand. I may not understand. And that does not mean that because I am void of understanding, he don't have an eternal place in paradise that I need to throw them under the bus. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Because if I did that, oh God, I ask you to help me today. I'm, I, I am going to throw in a scripture. If I did that, you know what? I, I, this not me, my interpretation of the scripture. If I threw somebody under the bus and I feel that I should reject them because I don't understand what's important to them or how they articulate themselves, 
then I will go against the very teaching in which I declare my belief in, which is the Bible and God. Oh, I hope somebody got that. To do so is to go against the very teaching in which I declare my belief in God. And I say that because I'm reminded of Paul when he was yet soiled. And the same power that I acknowledge in the Holy Bible to serve God is the same word that converted soil to Paul. Now, do I understand his conversion? This was a man, he was a master to murder. And not just bad people. That man was a master to murder Christians who went out and went on after his conversion. And I'm not that bad. I never did nothing like that. I've never done anything. Never even imagined thinking, wanting, desiring. But the same man who did, according to the Bible, he went on to write many books. From Romans to Hebrew, according to, you know, recorded, study, he wrote 14 books that we teach, preach, and live, and pattern ourselves after. Now, this is what I mean. So, just because I don't understand what was important to God to convert Saul to Paul, But I still go on and embrace Paul's teaching. Oh God, I ask you to help me today. I'm also reminded about the thief on the cross. Mm. Now I'm going to give you a scripture. Luke. Luke. Chapter 23. Verse 39 through 43. Because we teach around Easter time, which is coming up. And preach. One of the things Jesus quoted. He told the thief on the cross. He said. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now. Now this is. This is. This is where what's important. I hope somebody get this. Now. Jesus went on. After the crucifixion. His body was carried. To the grave site. What they call the tomb. Oh, God, I ask you to help me today. Woo, Jesus. Therefore, if Jesus' body went to the grave first, as we teach, and in in the third day, he arose, well, what happened to the thief on the cross? Now, we know he died, but did he go to the tomb and he rose with Christ on the third day? Because Jesus told him, he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Today. He didn't say in three days. He said today. Now let's get the importance of what's important. Paul writes. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 1 through 5. Paul writes. He speak of having this marvelous vision. And revelations from the Lord. Again, that's in 2 Corinthians 12th chapter, verse 1 through 5. He said he was caught up into the third heaven. 
which was paradise, located in the presence of God's throne. Now, I had to say that before I bring that podcast to a close because apparently the thief on the cross was important. I don't know what the thief did before Jesus told him that. I don't know. I don't even know if he was an atheist. I I, I haven't got in an in-depth study to try to find out. But I know what was important for Christ to tell this man was today you will be with me in paradise. Now, did this make this man more important than all the other followers of Christ? Oh, God, I ask you to help me today. It was important enough for Jesus to speak those words to him. Where he went, what happened to him? I don't know how many people may question it. Some things, people, all I'm saying, we can just move in a spirit of love without always questioning why somebody articulate this or why they got to use big words and putting them down and throwing them under the bus and saying things that I, 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 I know they even in their own self to know God and love God. People know when they throw off on people and they really doing it to be malicious. You know, I had to even say when I apologized to that young lady the other night, I said, you know, unless I speak collectively, I don't want to single one person out. To say something like that. If I speak collectively, that means I'm including myself. Oh God, I ask you to help me today. I hope somebody got that. Because there are things, yes, we do. And we always don't do them in the right way. But just because some people, it's important for them to watch the Super Bowl or attend the Super Bowl every single year. But even if that's not important to you, Some people, it's important to not eat meat. Some people, it's important to definitely have meat. Some people got to have cornbread with their collard greens and cabbage. See, that ain't important to me. I can eat collard greens without cornbread and cabbages. But some people, you better not put no collard greens before them. And don't give them no cornbread. That's important to them. All I'm saying, people. It's just because something is important to you. It may not be important to me. And just because something is important to me, it may not be important to you. But that should not define us from embracing one another in love. That should not define us. From embracing people to know that people can grow. Look how Paul grew. And he went on to do a magnificent work for the Lord. But what Paul used to think was important. It was horrible. And that's truly in my opinion. And I I would think anybody else is that truly love God. Because I won't want that to happen to me. And I won't want it to happen to you or anybody else. But that was his occupation. You know, there are so many things that can be important to you as being who you are that may not even be of significance importance to me. It is not important for me to get on Facebook every day. But that don't mean when I get on there, I won't acknowledge people. 
It's not important to me to be able to show and tell a new outfit, a car, a crib, cash. That that see if that's important to you, listen. That don't stop me from embracing you. That's important to you. So if it makes you happy, I'm happy for you. But I tell you I'm at this place in my life and I'm going to conclude this podcast that what's important to me is my relationship with God. What's, excuse me, what's important to me right now in my life is truly for God to say unto me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Truly what's important to me right now is that if I leave here today, that God will receive me in paradise. What's important to me is to love people and owe no man nothing but love. You know, I don't even like to borrow anything from anybody. I don't want to have to ask anybody to help me. Not because I think I'm above that, but I truly get into a place where I don't want to owe nobody nothing but love. I really begin to understand what the scripture says. That that when people borrow, you become a slave to the lender. Because your spirit feel like it's in hostage. You, I, I, It's some things and some things. I owe somebody. I just can't feel completely free. I want so much. And you just don't know how much. If I could rewind the time. I would not have received it, although it was given in the spirit of kindness. Hear me, people, and a gift of kindness. Looking at me in a way of love. But I'm at a place in my life, I don't even want to owe a bill. If it's not prepaid, (laughs) actually, I don't even want it. I'm at a place in my life I want to owe no man nothing but love. That is important to me. I want to guard my mouth. That is important to me. I want to guard my thoughts and my spirit. Oh God, I thank you. That's what's important to me. And in doing so, if my words enlighten somebody along the way, and you know what I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put this podcast to an end for the day. Sometimes that can make you seem important to other people. You know, in my career field, I tell you I worked in the property business for right at 20 years almost. And we would have workshops different places, and then even when I, I had this federal job one time and we had to go to California. And while we were there, you know, we had different little skits and things we had to do. And one of the things that we had to rotate being in groups and building communities in ways that will enhance the community. And so everybody that I had to change groups with, you know, at the end of all of the group interactions, they asked everybody to take an index card And you had to write on this index card what person out of each group became, I 
for lack of a better word, influential in helping build communities and a positive structure. So to my surprise, and, and these were people from all over the world. I'm talking about Alaska, New York, Florida, every United States, there was a representative there. And at the end of this group session, and when they took up the index cards, as they read the cards and people had to write something, you know, endearing on the index card about the person in the group. And if it was more than one, they could add more than one name. So anyway, when the person began to read and call the people for the cards, I end up collecting so many index cards. Now, this is the first time I'm in this group setting with all these people. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm just being myself. But sometimes, even in being yourself, and I hope somebody get this, you ain't being yourself to be puffed up. You're not even seeking recognition or attention. But because of who you may be in the realm of the anointing, it's not me or myself, lest anything I say is to boast. But these people, and I still have these index cards in my memoirs, that I collected them. And when I came home, sometime even now, you know, I may go through my little memoirs and I read them. I never met these people. They were strangers. And many of them after the, the workshop, because we was out there a week, I never saw them again a day in my life. So they didn't know anything about me, but what we were working on in that particular setting. And if that made a difference to them, sometimes when you make a difference in people's lives, people, let me say this and I'm going to bring this podcast to an end. When you make a difference in people's lives, people will make you important. And if you ain't careful, oh God help me today. That spirit will attach itself to you. And that's why now I'm very withdrawn. You know, I remember hearing Juanita Bynum, and I'm going to say this. She, I remember listening to one of her messages, and she said, you know, as God, as God, she gave God credit now. As God elevated her after her no more sheets, and no more sheets at that time when I bought it. If you wanted to see it in on video, you had to get VHS. It was no CD. <laughs> it was VHS. And I went to I went to the gospel store and I purchased it on VHS. But I also had a cassette. And she said in one of her cassettes after that, because her fame went out in the land from no more sheets. She said, you know what? People started doing all kind of stuff for me. She said, they was carrying my pocketbook. They was carrying this. They was carrying my coat. She said, honey, if they could probably, if I let them pick me up, they would carry me too. Sometimes people, in seeing who you are and loving who you are in the sincerity of who you are, people embrace you and you become important to them. And because you become important to them, that don't mean you got the big head. But if you're not careful, it can easily attach itself to you. I know in other workshops in apartment business, I was about to say that. 
I would go to workshops and women would come up to me I've never met before. They they, they property managers too. And they said, well, what, 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 which one of these tables the lady said is Alfreda and I want to meet her. And went to another workshop, another lady said, I want to meet her. You know, I want to meet her. I've heard so much about her. And I'm like, I don't know these people, but I'm still just showing them love. And I said, whoa, well, thank you. Pleased to meet you. Oh, I've just heard wonderful things about you. Uh, and I'm like, I thank you. Let me tell you something, people. When you love people sincerely, and people feel that, and when you're concerned about people sincerely, and you have the humbleness in you to show that, people can make you feel important. You're not trying to do it your own. The only thing I had to learn on my journey was to be mindful because that spirit can attach itself to you. And then I was reminded of the scripture. When a man thinks he's something, he's nothing. But I'm also reminded of the scripture. God can take a foolish to conform the wise. You all be blessed. Have a beautiful blessed day in the Lord. And until the next podcast upload, may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And may God meet all your needs and even some of your good wants as you delight yourself in the Lord. And until the next podcast upload, which I went over about 12 minutes, peace out and God bless. Have a beautiful day. Amen.